This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What up, what up? Here for another week of playoff hockey. and may not be our team, but still good stuff to see. Yeah. Absolutely, and we do have a little bit, along with our league news, we will have some Caps banter. That's why you tune in, or maybe you just tune in to listen to us, because we're great. That's probably it. <laughs> Remember, if you would, rate our, rate our podcast five stars only. Five stars only. Wherever the hell you're listening to it, and whatever platform. That would be... Super appreciative. <clears throat> but I guess right before we we pop some tabs here, we should we have a correction to make about our last episode with brew keepers. Uh, we had said that that they were they had like a an additional facility. They actually moved the entire operation to their new draft house where they both have like a bar and outdoor area to sit. And a basement, the brewery is actually in the basement of that place. So they do everything in one location. Right, Paul? Yeah, they, yeah, it basically breaks down to like, um, there's the bar area and then there's another sitting area. And then you go down the steps and there's the, uh, the seating area that's outdoor when they lift the garage door or they close it during the cold time. And then, yeah, they keep it, uh, they brew it in house in the same building. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a real good operation they got there. I just picked some up this weekend. Um, I got some of their Oktoberfest and their Aaron Derg, which is the it, that's just uh, Irish Red. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, on the Irish Red, they use grain imported from Ireland. Just learned that today. Mm. Uh, but the Oktoberfest is great. I think it's a six point three Aaron Derg five point six. I had had those beers with dinner. And uh, 10 out of 10, would recommend. I'm drinking a Deathwind IPA from Brewkeepers right now. Um, <clears throat> and they they recognized you, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I went in and had my uh, Caps Chirp mask on. Let's go. And uh, so we, we started shooting the shit a little bit, and uh, they were appreciative, and I told them how much we like what they have, and it was... It was a good convo, and I'm telling you, people, we're not shitting you. If you're in Wheeling, West Virginia, and you like craft beer, Brewkeepers is the place to go. Absolutely, check them out. Um, also, Brewkeepers sponsor us. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? All right. <laughs> um, and but anyways, I guess with that, we should pop some tabs here, huh? Yeah. One, two, three. All right, so just to kick off some brief league news, there's this thing called the draft that ha- happens every year. Paulie, tell us about it. I, I never get excited for the draft. I really don't. Um, I, I mean, it's – I know you should. You should, right? But 
<clears throat> it's been a long time since there's been an Ovechkin or a Crosby or, or something, but you know, the McDavid's, the Eichel's, those are cool. And like, but as a, I guess as a selfish, ignorant Caps fan, I am, uh, I just haven't had the need to, to, to look at them because we've always been a low draft pick in the first round. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think that's only really exciting when you don't know who's going to be number one, when you've got like an Ovechkin Malkin one and two, uh, right. or I think Eichel and McDavid were the same draft class, like stuff like that. Um, other than that, when, when you know Lafreniere is going to be the guy, it, right. it's kind of like, okay, like <laughs> he's going number one. And I don't, in, like you've said before, you know, once you get out of like the top 10, you're lucky if you get a hundred games on your first rounders. And then after the first round, you're lucky if they even put a season in. Right. So I'm, I'm with you. I honestly, I, I check Twitter and see who has or hasn't been like, who's been picked by who, but I, I don't sit there and tune in. But yeah. for those of you that do, it'll be October 6th and 7th. It starts on the 6th at 7 PM. Nice. Last time I got excited for a draft, we drafted Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that went down. <laughs> That'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, and I haven't watched since, honestly. <clears throat> so, after the draft, free agent signings can begin on October 9th. So, look out for the shitstorm to start on October 9th. Um, at deals At noon. Can... Right. So... In... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just hoping, like... They they released all these signings last year mm-hmm. before noon even hit on free agent day. It took away all the fun. Like, who cares? All these people want to be like the insiders and break the news. Like, that's no fun if everybody's finding out like the day before. Right. And it's it's kind of um, it's just like a a a. a a show at that point, just a, a formality because everybody's already talking to everybody else and they're probably already working on paperwork just so that at noon they can sign it. Like it's, I don't right. think it's against the rules for them to be talking to people about free agency and moving. Well, I, I think that's a part of the new CBA is that they're <clears throat> changing when they can talk to people. I think they, they're, they're restricting the conversation before it opens up, I believe. Oh, really? So this I, I is know like... The, the, so this year yeah. it's like truly starting at noon on October 9th. Well, I don't think the new CBA kicks off just yet. Oh, but, right. That's right. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what the details are, but I know that they changed free agency and like when they can or cannot communicate. Oh, right. We covered it a long time ago. We did, and I, I forget... Uh, also what, what that is, but I do remember something being in there. So maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe they have changed it so that now it's going to be a little bit more, um, you have to wait until, until, uh, free agency like officially starts. The big thing is, is we're going to see this year, like because of the shortened free agency period with COVID and, you know, October starts and then they're trying to they're trying to start like next season in December, right? Yeah, I believe so. So they have like a 
literal six weeks to figure it the fuck out. Like, six weeks, get everybody signed, and then December rolls around, and you have to have your t- your roster ready by then. Yeah, it's going to be tight with season ending and then uh, the draft and free agency all smushed in here um, the way it's going to be. It, it'll it'll be interesting for those of us who don't have any uh, – don't have our jobs on the line. <laughs> right, and um... – I mean, a a great thing uh, for fans is that there's not going to be a break in hockey or hockey news for the foreseeable future until the next Stanley Cup is awarded, and our for and this Stanley Cup hasn't even been awarded yet. Yes, I mean as long as the as long as we don't get canceled, and even if we do get canceled, we're looking at constant hockey news until next August really right right so I ain't mad at that terrible not yeah not a terrible you know hundreds of thousands of people's dead but hey we have hockey almost year round at this point I guess when you put it that way it's not that great (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's more of like we're just making the best out of a bad situation right I guess that's the silver lining is that yeah. there are some some positives that have come out of this uh, shitty situation? But hey, but zero positives in the NHL. That's true. <laughs> nice, Paulie. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's get on to these awards, man. Now, you said that they were last week. You teased that they were announcing them like every playoff game. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So so give us the rundown. Well, the Masterton, that's the uh, Perseverance, personal, you know, overcoming adversity. Bobby Ryan ended up winning that. Um, And your note here says (laughs) that's because it was voted on at the end of the regular season. And I agree. If if it had been up till now, Oscar Lindblom would have won because he literally beat cancer and came back and played two playoff games. Sure. And and I'm not discounting Bobby Ryan – his comeback, his comeback was amazing, and then scores the hat trick. Like, uh, definitely a guy who I wish the best to, and, and hope that because you know he had a few years there, a solid. He had he had, he came in, broke into the league, looked really good, and then kind of got a good contract and petered out. Um, yeah, because he was supposed to be one of those superstar guys. He sh- he should have been a player that you could build a team around, but he never really reached that. Now that he's older, uh, you know, I hope the rest of his career he can contribute and be kind of like that 1A or, or you know what I mean, uh, 1B player for a team. So. Yeah, and, um, and I, I think, you know, this, this should give him some momentum moving forward. And he definitely deserves it because I think he was self-admitted to rehab. Oh, yeah. You know, he he realized he had a problem and – and he was able to rise above that and get himself help. So, you know, even though what we said about Oscar, he probably would have won if the the voting was different. That doesn't change the fact that Bobby Ryan absolutely deserves this award because he went through some crazy shit. You know, think about the average Joe and dealing with alcoholism and stuff and uh, all the pressures of life. And, you know, he has everything that we deal with. Plus, 
he has the pressure of working in this business and I can only imagine what it feels like. You know, I, I know it's just a game, but these guys face a lot of pressure. So sure. the fact that he was able to, you know, realize there was a problem and, and get help and then come back and get himself back on track and score that hat trick. It, it's, it's really, it's movie stuff. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, um, uh, like I said, I don't want to detract from Bobby Ryan's accomplishments here and, and he's looking good. He's come back uh, and I wish him the best of luck. So, you know, he's, he's playing for Ottawa now. So, you know, that's a team that maybe has potential to do some stuff and they're going to come up later when we talk about Washington. But, uh, yeah, good win here by Bobby Ryan. Congratulations. And, um, I, I, I'm not trying to take away from that. I didn't, you, you, you really outed me here with that note, Polly. Well, I didn't mean to, I mean, I said, I agree with you, you know, right. Right. No. Um, okay. Well, it's one of those things we're all thinking it and uh, someone said it. Fair enough. So what's the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award? So that's yeah, what it says. Uh, Willie O'Ree, he was um, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame last year, the year before, as a builder of the game. Yeah, a year or two, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, uh, obviously as a builder, he's done a lot of community outreach. Uh, the this year's winner is Dampy Brar, yeah, uh, from Calgary. He's a former uh, pro player, and he co-founded Apna Hockey with Leila Tour, which is an initiative that provides a network and support for South Asian hockey players. And he was also involved with the first ever women's hockey team in Leh Ladakh in India, providing mentorship and support. So that is amazing. Uh, really that is really growing and building the game. And that yeah. is an area, you know, everybody talks about growing the game in, in China and such. No one even thinks about India and you know, he's, he's doing some great stuff over there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, I don't really know exactly who this guy is, but uh, I mean, in any case, he's from Calgary and he, he's in media now. He does like media, like sports media. Is that what he does? Yeah, I think I think he was. You know, he's in like the the business side of Calgary. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> well, yeah, awesome. That's cool, man. I mean, spread the game as much as possible for sure. Um, I see that Jack Adams went to fucking Bruce Cassidy. That's that dude's a joke. So, I mean, it's it's tough not to give the best coach to the President's Trophy team. Yeah, I mean that that's that's an easy correct answer. I'm not saying sure. it's always the correct answer, but like you can't be wrong giving the that to the president's trophy team because obviously, you know, that was the best team in the regular season and normally you're not the best team with a bad coach. Um okay, I guess, but I still think that Torts should have won that one. Oh, I, I agree. I, I would have given that to Torts. Oh, so <laughs> Bruce Cassidy's just a douche. You just look at that guy and you're just like, you're a fucking douche. I don't know. Maybe I'm no, still bitter over like the early 2000s Bruce Cassidy. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's a biff there. Should have been torts. Uh, good job, NHL, you dumb fucks. Uh, and what is this? Voted on by writers? Probably? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Writers. Hockey writers. Okay, whatever. Uh, Selkie. Sean Couturier probably should have yeah, a couple by now. 
yeah um i agree um he 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 quoted he was quoted as saying i've always taken pride in playing a solid 200 foot game to be recognized by, uh, by people around the league it's really i don't know how to describe it it's a great honor so a man after my own heart you know yeah. he knows all about honor quite honorable um yeah he's very honorable. very very poly cupcakes on brand there <laughs> um you should probably send him a cease and desist saying, you know, you can't be using honorable so freely out there without giving me at least a plug here. Um, <laughs> I think that he deserved this, uh, you know, and there's people out there, Jay fresh, especially saying like, well, he wasn't the best, uh, this year, the best defensive forward this year by good margin. But in previous years, he has been far and away the best, uh, and should have already had a couple selkies, even over Patrice Bergeron. So, you know, good for him. And yeah, I think and I read, some... I think I read somewhere where he was the first like selkie winner for Philadelphia in a long time, or first even individual award winner in a long time. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, I think awards like selkie. And uh, Norris, sometimes, you know, because those, they aren't necessarily stats-based, like mm-hmm. the Richard and, and Art Ross. Right. So sometimes I think these awards, especially these guys who are, like, regular finalists, it's almost like you have to put your time in, and then you eventually win the award. Right. You have to so pass even the if, eye test every, every right. for, like, several years to be considered. Yeah, and so the year you win it, you might not even be the guy who should get it that year, but you've been there consistently, and now it's time for you to get one. Sure. Fair enough. Um, Lady Bing, your boy, Nate McKinnon, just a great sportsman, huh? Just a great sport, apparently. Yeah, man. He's a a gentleman and a scorer. (laughs) Hasn't Crosby won that award, too? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Because um, he's a great sport diving and flopping all over the ice. This is the dumbest fucking award, honestly. Lady Bing fucking sucks. I'm going to be honest. Fuck the Lady Bing award. Fuck sportsmanship. Fuck sportsmanship. No. <laughs> but. I mean, uh, the only sportsmanship you need is follow the rules. Other than yeah. that, fuck your opponent. <laughs> Not literally. I think maybe the reason that they give this because I always give this award to a pretty like a first or second line guy, right? Primarily, it seems like it's a big name. It's a name. It's not just some turd, and it's just <clears throat> they just give it to the guy who doesn't talk the most shit after scoring a goal yeah. or like like doing his own thing. He's so dominant. They just are like, well, you're really dominant, but you were like somewhat humble about it. Like you didn't chirp after every goal and fucking like go to the other bench and like flick everybody off uh, or just do like some ridiculous flyby on the way to like dapping up all the boys. Like, so, (laughs) (laughs) so you get the lady thing. He almost never celebrates. That's true. Like you watch his goals and he just like, is like, all right guys, come hug me. Like he he does like he, I don't know. It's weird watch. I mean, like, obviously, I know he's having fun out there, but he's like all business. So, right. That definitely could be a contributing factor. And I, I meant to text you actually when I got 
the notification that he won because mm. I wanted to say, oh, he got the Lady Bing. He's not getting the heart. Yeah. Like, I, like, I feel like yeah. in some instances this could be, because you were saying it's usually a first or second line guy. Right. In some instances this could be a consolation for the, the heart. And we'll see if I was wrong, if I'm wrong. But right. he's a he's a nominee for Ted Lindsay and Hart. And uh, if he doesn't win either one of those – I'm I'm convinced this is his consolation prize. Yep, and uh, you may be right because they they don't let you have a bunch of awards, and I understand why. But unless you're just like a Gretzky or like some ridiculously dominant player like Ovechkin. But um, moving on, and this is this is kind of funny because we've had the uh, Never Say Die Islanders podcast boys on in Grumpy Old Man and TJ. And we've talked about Lou Lamarillo as the GM of the Islanders, who won the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award this year. And Grumpy Old Man did not have any shining reviews, though I don't think Grumpy Old Man has any shining reviews over anyone. <laughs> but like he was extra shitty towards towards Lou Lamarillo, saying he's a fucking has-been. He doesn't know how to fucking do it in today's game. Uh and then you look at Lou Lamarillo, who did not. I mean, and to, he does not, right? So the big, the big bitch from Grumpy Old Man was that he just didn't do enough. He didn't make the moves that would have made them "quote unquote" competitive, right? Yeah, but you know, I, I Grumpy Old Man, I think wanted more star power, and I think right. Lou Ram, Lamarillo has helped Barry Trotz just create a competitive team. Not the best guys, the right guys. Exactly. And and so Lou Lamarillo, though, I mean, if you think about it, the Andy and and they TJ tweeted this on on uh, Never Say Die podcast on Hockey Podcast Network. He said, you know, Lou Lamarillo won this, and I don't know if it was jokingly, but I don't think it was um, through the Andy Green trade and the JG Pajot trade, which at the time were both pretty fucking controversial man like Andy Green's an old fart <clears throat> from Jersey right and oh dude he is so old yeah he, he looks off on the he, bench. dude he looks like the old beer league guy who uh still has hands but can't skate for dick right like he still makes the yeah. right like you'll you give him a good pass he's gonna he's gonna break the puck out or do something good with it but him going into the corner with like the fucking try hard hardo fuckhead um, that wears sixty nine. He's not gonna. He's not gonna make like he's like he's you dogged out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only wear sixty nine because that was a number that get, was given to me by this beer league team. But um, wear sixty nine. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, sex jokes. Um, <laughs> but but no, that's a goon um, quote. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, Lou Lamarillo, I mean, I think the JG Pajot trade, I do not, I do not see JG, pa- when, when that trade happened, I, I fought Grumpy Old Man on, I was like, dude, that is a good trade for you guys. First of all, JG Pajot is a hard ass. Yeah, he can, and he has, he's got that shot and release. He's a gifted scorer. He's a little older, but he's still a hard dude. Like he bangs, he still makes those plays and he can finish. That is exactly what you want on that team, right? Like he yeah. plays to the Islanders' identity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 
you know, Andy Green yeah. being shut down, Andy Green being shut down. But, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? Honestly, I, I think he deserves it. Um, he's he proved that he helped build a team that has, without John Tavares, has been a very good playoff team. They second round and then conference finals, and really. I don't think anyone had high expectations for him again this year, even though they had a good season last year. I I really don't have anything negative to say. I think Lou really deserved this. Right. And, I mean, sometimes inaction is the best action when when things aren't broken. So, who knows? Right. But uh, moving on, Mark Messier Award, Mark Giordano. Leadership, baby. Leadership. Hashtag leadership. They should rename that to the Pierre Maguire Leadership Award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he won the Norris last year, didn't he? Yeah, because he fucking had like 100 points or 70 points. I don't know. He, he, he lit it up. He was lighting it up last year. Won the Norris. Now he's the leader. Um, I... How do you again? Like you said, this is kind of like a consolation prize. Uh, he had a good season. He didn't have a stellar season like he did the year before, but he's still like a you know a pivotal part of the Flames. Though the Flames were out in the play-in, right? Like they didn't they didn't even make it to the real playoff round. So, um, well, they played Dallas, so I think that was the first round. Yeah, they made the first round because oh, okay. I did. Bra- I, yeah, they were in my bracket. Which okay. is shot to hell. Right. <laughs> yeah, so good for Mike Giordano. Uh, obviously, a dude's a fucking stud, but yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to trades. There has been some stuff happening. Um, did we yeah. talk about Kasperi Kapanen going to the Penguins? Yeah, I think that was two episodes ago. Okay, well, that's a dumb fucking move. That was stupid as fuck. <clears throat> um, what 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 other dumb shit have the Penguins done other than hire Reardon and well Kapanen and now here's the the hat trick of dumb shit Penguins fans. Uh, let's let's talk about it. They shipped off Bukestead to Minnesota for a conditional 2021 pick. Uh, it, I, when I looked at the article, it didn't even say like what the condition was. So uh, who knows what that means. Um, they're going to retain a portion of his salary for next season, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I mean, he only had two points in 13 games this season, but that's because he had abdominal surgery in November, and then he got hurt again on March 5th or on March 10th right. uh, for a lower lower body injury. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of promise as uh, as a high school kid. He was Mr. Hockey in Minnesota. 98 points in 109 games in Minnesota uh, University. And he's got 207 points in 439 games. I think if this guy can stay healthy, this is a big move for Minnesota, especially not paying his complete salary. Yeah, I see him slotting in on the third and fourth line as a big body that could maybe jam in a couple goals. Um, I... It's worrisome because he's still under 30, but also quite injury prone. This was a move that a lot of people liked when he came to Pittsburgh, but he just got injured. So they 
They couldn't yeah. like it enough, right? Uh, it was too much. The interesting part about retaining a salary versus buying him out because they basically got nothing for him, right? Um, a conditional yep. 2021. I mean, that condition, they might not get any, literally anything from him, except they retained a little bit of his salary. So, uh, and I remember I read a, I actually got caught in the web and read a Pinsberg um, article by a author who goes by the pen name Hooks Orpic. And he said that it's very worrying that the Penguins are making these type of moves because financially, this is a move that is good for the club financially. Not cap space, eliminating cap, like just operating costs. This is a good move for them financially. If they, like, and the reason is because they're retaining a little bit of salary, but they're getting him off the books, right? So they only have to pay that little bit. If they were to buy him out, they would have to pay him for the whole uh, contract or whatever that is, and it would count against salary cap. So I I look at this, and they had this whole, like, fucking web woven about how uh, the, the Penguins are operating at a financial loss and all this other stuff and the moves that they're making are very um, worrying and kind of harken back to like the early 2000s when they were dog shit and they literally got saved by the NHL and Lemieux and uh, the NHL again by being gifted Crosby and Malkin. So uh, I don't know if the NHL is ready to do that again for the Penguins. I mean, I'm sure they will because Lemieux is still around, but you know, that's just how it always goes for the Penguins. But it's just kind of... Interesting uh, conspiracy theory ish uh, stuff. If you guys want to look into it, um, well, building off of that, I, I think that um, you know th- they might be prone to think that Pittsburgh fans because they've got uh, a bum ass owner <laughs> for the Pirates, and so maybe they're thinking right. Lemieux is trying to follow uh, his his lead and just try to you know make money as an owner and forget about the team. But then my other thought was, what if they're trying to make some room so that in a, like two or three years they can give Crosby and Malkin another shot before they're too old, knowing maybe they think these next couple of years we can't do it. So let's make a little bit of space, grab an extra draft pick here or there, and get rid of this injury-prone guy so that um, – we can start building to give our core one more chance before they all retire. Yeah, but I feel like that move should be made now for Crosby and Malkin. They that is a now thing. That's not a two or three years. I mean, they're in the same boat as we are, man. Like aging giants, yeah. right? Like, and yeah. they've come out and the Penguins have come out and said we're gonna re- try to remain. You know, we're gonna do our best to remain most. Um, as, as competitive as possible, we're going to spin to the cap, whatever, whatever. And they have. But legitimately, starting with the Jack Johnson trade, it's just been incrementally downhill and then an accelerated pace in the past couple of years. So, good. I, I hope they fold. I hope that they just <laughs> – I hope, I hope that they eventually fold and have to pack up and, I don't know, maybe they'll put a team in Virginia or something. Well, uh, you know, this 2021 draft pick might end up just giving them, like, a new wheeling nailer. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> right. this, 
is going to probably be an ECHL guy. You know, maybe maybe they'll uh, they'll they'll fold and pack up and go to like Mexico City or something. That'd be beautiful, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Joel Joel Edmondson traded from Carolina to Montreal for a fifth round pick in the 2020 draft. Um, this seems to me like, and it's the Oilers, right? The Oilers sent this to he's that's where he was from, right? Joel Edmondson. Wait, um, no, the Blues. He, oh, he, that's he right. Was with them for the Cup last year. Yes, so he is a Cup winner. Yeah. And has this pedigree, and now he's being offloaded by the Blues, likely because they're a little cap heavy. Well, no, he, sure. he was with Carolina this year, so um, I think Carolina, uh, Montreal must know they're going to sign him because he's a free agent as of October ninth. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, Carolina so get thinking, yeah, Carolina's getting something, and Montreal must be. They must have like a backdoor deal signed in blood right now because uh, this is a hell of a risk. You think so? Well, I mean, it's it's a fifth round pick, you're, so that's not a big deal. But like, you have no hockey left, and you're gonna take on this guy who very. I mean, it's very likely they just gave away a fifth round pick, right? So no, I, I get what you're um, saying. You know, in in Montreal, you know, he's a defenseman. He's got a cup. Um, he's got 72 points in 337 games. Uh, he had 15 points. Uh, he has 15 points in 53 Stanley Cup playoff games. So I think, uh, you know, Montreal, they're, they're building. They're, and they already made a move to get Jake Allen. I think they're trying to shore up their their defense in the, in the net. And uh, they're – trying to make a run the next couple of years before Carey Price gets too old. So I think it's a good move for Montreal because I think he's going to bring them some offense on the blue line. Well, here's something that I see with Joel Edmondson, and it's definitely not offense. It's shot blocking. If you look at any – for the past couple of years, two, three years, Joel Edmondson has been the, the highest shot blocker when he was with Edmonton. And then with Santa with or with St. Louis, he he did add a little bit more to his game. But he's a big, physical, stay-at-home guy who is not afraid of eating one so or many hundreds hundreds over the course of a year. So right. you look at Montreal's blue line right now. You got Shea Weber. You got Sherratt, Right, he's a defenseman. You got Jeff Petrie. Those are the three guys that I can think of right now. You throw in Joel Edmondson. You kind of let you're kind of gonna be able to have a guy, an older veteran who you can lean on, who's not washed up, to eat minutes and not be a liability. And you could probably pair him up against most most lines. You know, obviously certain first lines probably not the great idea. A great idea to have him out there. But also another thing that I think that when you when you are picking up guys off free agency is that <clears throat> can they play special teams? I look at Joel Edmondson and I think he can kill, pe- kill or he can kill penalties. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I, I look at him and I'm, I think uh, in the right situation, he may be able to chip in a little bit offensively. Uh, he's probably, he's, he's a decent passer, but the big thing 
is that he is going to stifle uh, shots in the zone, in his defensive zone, and be able to chip in on the power play or on the penalty kill. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I sound like an idiot making him sound like a like a John Carlson. I don't right. mean he's he's not that kind of offense, but I mean, seventy two points in three hundred and thirty seven games that that's a decent pace for a defenseman. For a stay at home um, guy, yeah. But, but I mean, those are like yeah. Brooks Orpic numbers, dude. Those are not. Uh, by, I, the maybe in the yeah. playoffs, like the fifteen points. Maybe I guess you know now that I'm looking at my notes, his high career high is 20 points in a season, so that's not huge. I guess that's that's yeah. pretty average, but at least he's Those not below average. Numbers. Those are hockey show numbers. Yeah. Like okay. So 20 you know points what, forget- a season, uh, 400 penalty minutes. <laughs> so basically, just listen to everything Troll said about all those good things, <laughs> and then think about with his numbers every now and then he's going to help out. Right. Right, but he will he will block shots and he will lay the body, and that's what I think. That's what uh, you know. You you saw the blue line, you know, with Jeff Pe- I mean, Jeff Petrie coming out of fucking nowhere. I mean, that's another fantasy guy that you fucking have on your on your roster to just chip in from the blue line. You never th- you all, whenever you underestimate Jeff Petrie is the time that you need to pick him up off the wire because he's he's a. Uh, he puts the he finds a way to get shots on net and and finds a way to to get those assists and goals. So they're probably banking on him and Shea Weber as like the two offensive defensemen. Yeah. Excuse me. And the rest they just want straight shot blockers and a, and a solid blue line. So I don't hate that. Uh, Alex Kalorn suspended for Game Three for boarding <laughs> Brock Nelson Game Two, huh? Yeah, I think it's the right call. Um, yeah, I watched. I, I I didn't see the the hit in game, um, but I watched the replay. And in the normal TV view, didn't look too bad. But there was a view from behind where um, you you could just see that Kalorn. It was a little. I mean, it was a couple steps late. Nelson already was turned into a vulnerable position. It's not like he turned when he saw him coming. Right. Um, his face smacked off the glass. I, I thought it was dangerous. It was unnecessary. Oh, yeah. um, this is the kind of stuff that I'm okay with eliminating from the game. I love physicality. I love nastiness. But late shit like this is really just, this is what causes fights. This is what causes injuries. And yeah. he deserves the suspension. I'm not even pissed off about the lateness of it. It's just that he hit him in the numbers right in between them. Like, that's scumbag yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the shit that I want to do in beer league. I've thrown one hit like that in my entire life, and it yeah. was in open ice because a kid had an empty netter, and I was pissed. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to, you know, I was just mad. I didn't want them to score again. And so, luckily, you know, he just went face first onto the ice because it was, there were no boards around. Right. Um, but even even then, I I felt bad for that. For like, like I, I've kind of gotten over it now. But I felt bad for that for like ten years. It took it took me a long time to forgive myself for that. So, uh, I don't know how these guys can just do it all the time. Speaking of just like carting guys off, Polly, I fucked up. I sh- uh in our last beer league game, uh we were up three one 
against a team that we've blown leads against before. And we ended up losing 4-3 to three in regulation in the last 40 seconds. And one shitbag who's always said, like, who last game said a little bit of some racist shit to me, I was like, okay, well, we were up 2 nothing for, like, a lot of the game. And then into the third, we're going up with, we're going into the third with a 3-1 lead. I'm like, okay, I can't be taking runs right now. I should, I should take, take one for the team here and just kind of like be a good hockey player right here. Play honorably. <laughs> Play honorably, right? Yeah. No, no. And, and he, that fucking shit bag, he scores the game, or the, the game tying goal. Shittiest goal I've ever seen. Fucking garbage. Just picking up... He, the dude can barely skate. He's got white skates, too. Total piece of shit. Like, fuck him and his family. But, at the same time, like... I think, like... Man, if I would have just taken him out of the game, like... Hurt him or something... Second period... We'd be looking at overtime right now. Yeah, man. You would have... Um, you would have been <laughs> the, doing a service for the team. That would have been my strongest contribution... To the team... <laughs> for that entire game because I'll tell you what I've been hitting the golf course smoking like mad cigs and not being being a complete shitbag degenerate as far as taking care of my body for the past few weeks so not being able to play hockey um you know it was it was bad to be completely honest though due to the due to the lack of pace that I had it made it let me inadvertently control the gap more and I definitely had like four or five solid just straight poke check takeaways so and a boy yeah probably should have paralyzed the kid who knows you know left his family so you... left his wife and children <laughs> next to a hospital bed jesus Fuck. so what you're saying is you wish you would gladly switch places with Alex Kalorn right now. Yeah. Well, honestly, the big, th- the, 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 the takeaway here is what did we learn here? Caps fans. W- what we learned is that if you have the opportunity to hurt someone, don't think, Oh, this opportunity will come again, hurt them then and there and as hard <laughs> as you can and as aggressively as you can hurt them. Then do not think that this chance of being able to hurt someone before they hurt you or hurt another person will uh will will come around again. You may be too late. You may be too late the second time it comes around. And um you know, you you might just enti- miss the opportunity entirely like I did. What a fucking idiot I am, you know? I hope you never coach children. <laughs> too late. Too late. Yeah, but anyway, no, yeah, hurt them. Hurt people, hurt them to and then hurt them good to a point where they can't, you know, I don't know, walk. I can't, uh, I can't. That's obvious. Okay, look, this is obviously a fucking joke, but um, only a little bit, only a little bit of a joke. <laughs> hurt them. Just, just. It's only, a, it's only a joke if you're upset by my comments. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, if you agree, then fucking right. Right. So yeah, just um, remember, if somebody crosses you, and you have the opportunity to pay them back cold as fuck don't think twice just do it then do it then wick. and try not to make it as just don't get arrested that's all just if if you know you can get away with it if you know you can get away with it absolutely just fucking do it then and is and to the max as you can as hard as you can 
let's let's get out of this dark hole. <laughs> All right, that Speaking was a joke. Of injuries, Disclaimer, that was a joke. Braden Point, this motherfucker going off in the playoffs. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, so he, he missed game three. Uh, he only played two shifts after the first period in game two. But he came back in game four, and he was important. Uh, he had a goal and assist today was the game, the 13th. Um, I would say right now, if they win, if they win the cup tomorrow, he's the he's a consummate winner. I think watching the you know you look at the the stats at every after every game, he's there. Point. Watching the game, he's yeah. he's there. Like I think Point is without a doubt the MVP for the Lightning right now. I I would agree, and Graden Point is a guy who has shown us that. Uh, you know, he, he's not a huge player. He's just a, uh, tries really hard and is, is talented and tough. And when he's healthy, the kid is unstoppable. I mean, and just a tenacious worker uh, and and has the skill to back it up. I mean, you're right. Every every game, this entire playoffs for the, for the Lightning, I'd say like 90% of them have Braden Point as one of the top three stars. Yeah. Win or loss. So, w- what an incredible uh, comeback by that kid. I mean, it's a, it's uh, I, again, that's the guy that pisses me off because I drafted him this year in, in fantasy or last year in fantasy, and he <laughs> fucking completely fucked me because he got he got uh, injured. But he was coming off like a hundred point season. I was like, yeah, this kid's sick, uh, and I did not, I did that did not pay off very well, but. <laughs> Well, Anyways. that's because that year he was just dishing it to Kucherov. Exactly, right. So he's an assist man, but he wasn't burying. But uh, let's look at the uh, Eastern Western Conference Finals. Both yeah, are wanna, three to one at this point. Yeah, yeah, they're both three to one um, as of again today, Sunday. Uh, Lightning broke off a big old schlong in Game One, eight to two. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you know. I don't know what's worse, eight to two, or scoring with nine seconds left to win the game instead of going to OT in game two. Right. Um, honestly, I'd rather lose eight two. Me too, because we just did this. We just had this happen in beer league because Paulie, you weren't there yeah. for one. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I didn't paralyze this douchebag. So next time I'll <laughs> paralyze him, and then and you can come, and then we'll win. But uh <laughs> looks i mean dude i was watching that game I was like holy fuck like that dish to kucherov and just hammering it home for the win nine seconds left there's literally nothing you can do you can't get well, up I'm, for that no no team gets up for that and comes back it's just a dagger yeah. straight to the heart i'm kind of rooting for the islanders um I and i was i was watching that happen like that last that last possession in the zone, I could, I just had a feeling. I was like, they're they're going to score, because they were all over the Islanders, and it looked like the Islanders were just trying to kill time. They weren't like taking it necessarily as serious, and the Lightning were just all over them. And I thought, you know, like I would, I was just thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if something happened, and then it did. It's a big criticism against Barry Trotz's system is that they people think that he turtles too early, and. um you know, I could see that, but also when it works in his favor, nobody mentions mentions anything, right? Because yeah. that's just how it goes. But um, uh, I yeah, that was a tough game. And in game three, they came back. Well, Islanders put one on the board, 
and what game four they they biffed it was that tonight or was that last night yeah it was it was today at uh 3 p.m so uh they um it was one to one for a while i i think they actually scored first and then um if i remember correctly tampa put up three goals in the third period and they won four to one so uh this might make it to a six game. Um, New York might win game five right. just to stave off elimination, but I don't think this is making seven. All right. Well, obviously, the um, it seems like Tampa Bay is a little bit too much in skill level, and they are stacked as fuck. So finally, Tampa Bay is playing to their – Roster strength. Another team who's playing to their roster strength, I think, is the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Final. What do you got here? Yeah. Well, uh, I thought the Stars controlled game one, and then uh, Vegas had game two. And then game three was competitive as it went to OT. Radulov scored, and, man, he is is so ugly. (laughs) What an ugly motherfucker, but what a laser, dude. I mean – that is the perfect shot. Like every kid should watch that and say, if you can do that every time it, with that type of space, you're going to fucking go far, man. Like low away bar and in, I mean, phew, fucking blast. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, it, they look good. You know, game four was close again. Dallas gets the win. Uh, I think this is a very good series, and I think it's real frustrating when you have a competitive series and, like, say Dallas wins next game, you know, have five competitive games, but it end in five instead of seven because one team just gets the, the win at the end. I think it'd, it'd be entertaining to see this go to a game seven. These are two different styles, I, I think – I've said this before, the uh, the Stars remind me of the, the Ducks when they won their cup. And the Knights, they're speedy, but they're also they're, they're pretty gritty. Um, yeah. I, th- I think the Knights are kind of like a combination of the, the Penguins that won the year before the Caps and then the Caps. So uh, Vegas' style is it's a Penguin-Capital combo. And the stars are like the 07 Ducks. Um, and I, I, I think it's it's a good matchup. I'd be surprised if the stars don't win the series. Yeah, and especially I think now. stars and what I said, especially now leading 3 1. Yeah. And the stars in Tampa, I think, would be a very good Stanley Cup final. It, what I mean, I could see that coming out of the East, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I would have never in a million fucking years, ever said that Dallas was going to do it. I figured they were over the hill at this point. I figured that their window was closed and that they weren't. They just weren't going to do shit. But, man, these guys have really just turned it on, and they've just been playing like Sagan, Ben, Radulov. And the their, I think the biggest strength of the Dallas Stars' playoff is being able to like absorb the other team, see what the other team's doing, and match their game as best they can to that. Like when they beat Colorado, it was very much a run and gun series. And they, at some points had to just outscore them, you know? Um, Yeah. And that's against some pretty solid goaltending on both sides. 
and then you have uh, Vegas, who's a little bit better defensively and a little bit uh, more physical, I'd say. And they're, again, coming in and adjusting their game to that and, and making making Vegas pay. I want Vegas to be embarrassed here. Um, I would have loved to see them get swept. So I want this to be over like next game. What what was the uh, score of game four? Do you know? Was it a lot too little or was it close? No, I think it was close. Okay. Um, I'll verify that right now, but it was um... – oh, yeah, two to one. Okay. Yeah. So I've been I've been slacking on watching hockey, unfortunately, the past few days because, uh, I don't know, it's been fucking off. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> like um, – yeah, I am. Uh, I'm so I'm. I'm pumped that Vegas again will not go anywhere. Hopefully, will not go anywhere. Will not get back to a Stanley Cup final because they don't fucking deserve it. And that's yeah, that's me being an old curmudgeon hockey fan. You know, hmm. okay, boomer me all you fucking want. Fuck Vegas and their fucking bullshit. Uh, again, uh, they're and and the the biggest bitch for me is their fans have become un- insufferable. Insufferable. Yeah, if if there's any Vegas fans listening right now, I just want you to realize you. that you are so fucking spoiled. I know. Even more so than like Pittsburgh fans who yeah. or Boston fans who have had an actual sports team city where all of their sports are always fucking successful, you know, except right. for the Pirates. But, you know, you, you look at that and you're just it's infuriating to me. Because at least Pittsburgh and Boston, well, Boston was original six, right? So you have like 200 years of history there. And then you have Pittsburgh, who is an expansion team, but had to like muck it up just like the Washington Capitals did with the yeah. shit. You know, here's here's a, here's a, a staff of fourth liners. Go ahead and win a cup with that, you assholes. No. <laughs> yeah. Instead, you got solid. You got a solid team. The uh, unequivocally best expansion team in history, uh, due to the rules that were provided by the NHL. So it's it's when Vegas fans, when people say you were gifted your team, you were absolutely gifted your fucking team. Like just own that and. Instead of combating it and saying, we weren't gifted the team, that's just how the rule... And just going back and getting smoked in that conversation, just say, yeah, we were gifted our team, you fucking bums, and just own it, right? Like, right, Just be like, you mad, bro? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, we, we have a better team than you now, and we were gifted it. How does that make you feel? You know, don't don't try to refute it. Um, anyways... Every I feel like the past three episodes, all I've done is fucking go off on Vegas. So I'm gonna turn a new leaf here. And yeah, will, we'll see about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what? Uh, we got Faxa, hints, hints. The young kid, the young, uh, the young scorer for uh, um, Dallas. There Dallas. out uh, due to what? Just un un. Unfit to play status, right, Polly? Yeah, yeah, unfit okay. to play. Um, so uh, they're not sure what's going to go on for uh, the Monday game. They're going to throw out an update 
on Monday. Uh, and then uh, Stone, he left for a while, but then came back. Um, he blocked a Pavelski shot with his foot. Probably just went in and shot it up, and it's probably broken. He's just going to play on a broken foot. You think it's broken? Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've taken pucks to the feet and ankles. Don't you think it would take a for it to break for you to leave the ice? Mm, depends. I've taken really soft shots off the off the arch, and they've crippled me. Like, yeah, to the point where I thought, like, holy fuck, something is broken. Played on it, and then took my fucking skate off and it just ballooned up and then I ended up going to like the hospital and they're like yeah it's just like your pussy you just got bruised on the <laughs> spot like I, I don't know like <laughs> so I I don't know um foot feet injuries are weird but I'll tell you what man like if you have foot problems like they're fucking debilitating I, I'll say that um so who knows it could be just like a really big if it's a really big um bruise or, or stra- sprain in that sense like hits you right I could definitely see them going in and just like local anesthetic like just poking you with either cortisone or some sort of inflammatory and then fucking just straight painkillers and um yeah I yeah whatever that. needle they were gonna stick in that guy in varsity blues yeah right that was probably cortisone or um just local painkillers but yeah I don't know. Um, that's a big, that, if, if he doesn't play, that's a big loss. Stone's, Stone's a big part of that team, though he has not been lighting it up. He's been close, but they kind of, I think they've done a good, Dallas has done a good, did good job of containing him. Um, yeah. you know, Dallas has done a good job of doing everything against Vegas. They just need to keep it up. I mean, no sick and, and, uh, is also a good player. So it sucks for them. But good. I'm happy. Yeah. Well <laughs> speaking of pussies, let's uh let's talk about trimming genitalia. <laughs> good point. Uh, <laughs> manscaped.com. Use code THPN for twenty percent off plus free shipping. Again, that is manscaped.com. Use code THPN for twenty percent off plus free shipping caps fans you definitely need this tool it's wireless waterproof and it has a light on it to you know maybe illuminate some more sensitive areas that you have not seen before or do not see regularly so trim your balls use the lawnmower 3.0 out right now from manscaped.com Use code THPN for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that is manscaped.com. Use code THPN. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Our network promo, you know, we're always trying to we're always trying to pick up our, our fellow network E or network hosts is Bar Down Breakdown. Every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, a unique look at the bridge between hockey and alternative music. So these guys have actually had like NHL players come and talk about music. And I mean, you know, you see Drayden Holtby with his guitar and Lundquist plays guitar. I mean, there's a ton of uh, hockey players that have this type of musical, uh, I guess, 
I don't know, predisposition. They they like to uh, they like to play music and and they enjoy music. I guess uh, in their uh, every every week they give us these um, these promos. But I kind of like to make up my own nice things to say about <laughs> all of the hosts. So I don't like you know to Matthew really Shane. He's a he's a country singer and guitar player too. Is he really? Yeah. So him going to Nashville that was that was a real nice fit there. <laughs> um. But yeah, so bar down breakdown every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network. Like I said, they they talk about music and they talk about how that relates to hockey. So if you like music and you like hockey, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like that's kind of a a really maybe you haven't thought of that as far as like those two things, those two those two things together. But you know, someone who's like, I don't like music. That's like saying like I don't like sex or food. Uh, yeah. It's weird. It's weird if you're just like I just don't like music. Like, uh, yeah, something wrong I think with music. You, <laughs> music is probably like the most universally human thing there is. Sure, sure, absolutely. That and maybe you know, food. That and what? Food. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and sex, and know, that's why I made the parallel there. Paul. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of alternative music, I, I think. If you listen to the soundtrack to every NHL game ever, it's probably mainly alternative or rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like Green Day, Nickelback. That I mean, that kind of stuff. So um, Nickelback making Nickelback's been on a couple NHL games. Really? Yeah, like they're more like upbeat songs. Okay. Right. Yeah. We know so, you love Nickelback. I love Nickelback. They're they. I, I'm I'm convinced that the majority of people that don't like them, it's just because it's the cool thing not to like them. Okay. Hey, you know what? Fine. I'm with that. Uh, <laughs> Capsons, tell us what you think about Nickelback in the comments, please. Uh, but uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So alternative music, and what I mean by alternative, yeah, is like alternative rock. So. Check them out again. Bar down breakdown every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network. Do it, uh, or we're not fucking friends anymore. Let's talk about the Caps, on Polly. Yep. All right, Caps fans. Some uplifting news. Carl Haglin. Just him and his wife birthed uh, their newest son. It's a second kid. And uh, first son, his name's Tage, T-A-G-E. I may be pronouncing that wrong. They are Swedish. Uh, I, but it looks like Tage. Um, congrats. Congrats to the Haglins. Very hip name. Um, kid's probably going to have some great flow. Uh, and oh, hopefully yeah. some wheels, like his, like his old man. I'll tell you what, man. Wheels and flow, that's all you need in this world. Exactly. Um, yeah, congrats. Uh, it amazes me. You know, they, they probably get a lot of help, but it amazes me that these pro athletes can, you know, find the time to be good parents. So, you know, congrats to him, and uh, I'm, I'm sure their children will grow up beautiful because Hags is a beautiful man. Yeah, I mean, I can't find time to be a good parent, and I'm just some fucking slob with a podcast. So, <laughs> hey, good for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Some interesting reports that have come out saying that the Capitals were not involved and they didn't want to be in the bubble and they were just totally aloof during this whole thing. And, hey, you know what? Their their play in this postseason definitely back that up. Uh, but I also think this is a bit of a bunch of motherfuckers piling on. Um, if If that is the case, I think that getting rid of the coach was probably the best option here for one. And you could have said that same statement about the caps 20 games before the pause. And we were still holding on to the division title there. Um, I mean, what do you think, Paulie? Yeah. I mean, I was reading through the comments. Um, Nick Jensen's wife was like, my husband was there and he wanted to win a cup and so did his teammates. Right. Um, and then someone else said something about um, during one of the games, the commentators were saying that the the Islanders were there having a very good time. And look at them. They're in the conference finals. So sure. I think and, – and I, I've heard um, on uh, the hockey podcast that everybody listens to on, on a different network, um, they – you know, guys have talked about if they win their series – early and they're going to have a couple days off while other series are still playing out before the next round. Sometimes they, the team goes out and ties one on one night or two. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, they get back into it for the next round. I think with the capitals experience, um, if, even if they were partying, I think they still should have been able to get it together. Now, I mean, maybe, they weren't completely focused, but I don't know. I think they just, I think they're still, they're just not hungry. I, I think, I don't think it has anything to do with treating it like a vacation. I think they got that cup and they're just not hungry. Yeah. And uh, I think they just lost a little bit of their punch. Uh, and that happens once you win a cup. Uh, it's, it's an incredibly hard thing to do. Right. And having done it, uh, you you just realize again coming back probably like how hard it is, and then on top of that, you're kind of resting a bit on your laurels. Uh, this is something that management's been trying to cre- to to squash, and that's why they've fired Todd Rudin. Uh, like, <clears throat> I feel like as Caps fans, we could take it two ways. One, you could believe what they're saying and say, oh well, they were just being degenerates the whole time. Uh, I think that would be a little ill-advised. I don't think that's true. I think what's more along the lines of truth is they were a little lackadaisical. They were poorly coached. They'd probably given up on Todd, and I think that that was apparent. And then finally, they just, um, you know, they just were done. I guess in, in that sense. And and when you look at this team. For the majority of the Ovechkin era, they're underperforming. Let's be real. I feel that once McClellan came in and filled the the third-line center role with Lars Eller, as far as components of the team, they had everything. So I would say that every time they didn't win the Cup with Brian McClellan behind the as a GM was a underperformance. They've done it once and he's been there for four years now. So uh, three years, I'd say they've kind of underperformed. 
Yeah. Before that, with McPhee, when they had you know Simmon, when they had like three or four fifty goal fucking scorers, and then with Nick Backstrom and and Mike Green and Fedorov, those years, they may have been too young, so we'll give them a pass. But like, like uh, when we got shit on by the Canadians, that was an underperformance. I feel. Oh yeah. Um. So this team definitely needs somebody to come in and push the right buttons. There's a lot of personality and a lot of talent in that locker room. It's hard to manage, man. Right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, they they pretty much underperformed every year, and the only year they didn't underperform was the year they won the Cup because they overperformed because they weren't really expected to win it that year. Right. So, so. I mean, I'm, if they did – not take this seriously as they should have. I'm not super surprised, but I also think it's, I think it, it's a little excessive to say that they weren't really focused. Yeah. Not, I, not, not that they weren't focused. I think you cannot be focused, but still want to win. Right. But saying they didn't want to win that it seems ridiculous to me. Yes, exactly. Well put. That's exactly what I mean. They wanted to win. It's just that, yeah, maybe they just didn't have the fuck, fuck it in them, right? And then that's yeah. how it is. And I, I, I think that it's shitty to really kind of be like, well, you're not, your head's not in this because, you know, I don't know, you're going to have a beer or you're going to fucking be clowning around. Like, fuck you, dude. People are different. Like, you don't have to be some crazy, super focused person to be successful. That's another podcast in itself, but what we do know now is that the organization is going a different way to remedy these problems. And this is these one shouldn't surprise you as a Caps fan that these that these reports are coming out. But I don't think that you should ever judge and say they just didn't want to win. That's the dumbest shit ever. Everything in their life benefits from winning as a professional athlete. You get more money, you get more glory, everything. Like, you win the cup, there's bonuses involved in that shit. Like, you know, you want to do that. So, monetarily, uh, just through the honing the craft, you're, you're wanting to win every time. So, whatever. Some other good news, though, moving on. Ovechkin reportedly offered around $10 million a year for three to five years. I don't, nobody, that's unconfirmed. That's the rumor mill out. I think that's fair money, Polly. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think I'd want to pay him more just because he's, he's aging. Um, and who knows where he'll be at three to five years from now. Um, well, I, I think this is a fair deal from both sides. Me too. And I think it's just barely what we can afford to at least have like four or five million in cap to play with. Uh, just in case something else happens. So Ovechkin is, is like I said, in this none of this has been confirmed, but some Russian news sites have picked it up, but they're Russian, so you can really you can't trust them. Um, but ten for three to five years, I would like it to be five, honestly. Uh, yeah. Ovechkin's last contract was thirteen years with an average value of nine point two five million. So he was the at that time that was the biggest contract by a good bit uh, that any club had ever signed. And honestly, 
right after that happened. And um, I think Kovalchuk got one and, and a couple other players got one. I think Ovechkin's the only one who ever stayed true to that contract, stayed with that team. From all of those ma- – you remember that, Paulie? There, and then they put a rule and said that you could only ch- – the max term you can sign is eight years. Yeah, and then they tried to sign Kovalchuk for like a 15-year deal. Yeah, right. But that's because DPHR got signed for like 15 yeah, it's stupid. And then, and then he was like done after two. Yeah, I got his face planted in, by, caved in by fucking Brent Johnson. Right. Um, yeah. So th- they've done this to to so that GMs can't shoot themselves in the fucking ass here. But but uh, ownership and and took a good and the GM at the time took a good uh, good risk on Ovechkin. He's played all 13 years here in D.C., and he's going to end it and, again, be offered around $10 million. I think it's fair. I think that Ovechkin should be happy with this. Obviously, I want him to take it. I really hope this doesn't get ugly, though, man. Like, the, the, the devil's advocate in me is like, man, what if Ovechkin's like, I want 12? Oh, that'd be brutal, man. Yeah. I. I I don't think he would be that way, though. Like, obviously, money has always been very important for the Ovechkins, right? But I feel that 10 is, is fair and even an overpay at this stage in the game. But then again, you look at it and you're like, but the dude's still scoring 50 to 40 goals a season every year. <laughs> True. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that that's... That uh, you know, he's obviously earning it. Right, he's a big swinging dick in that bargaining room, right? So, if yeah. he said twelve, I could be like, "Oh fuck!" Well, I mean, he has just turned in a what nine Rocket Richard Trophy career season uh, career. So, uh, that's that's very good for him. <laughs> yeah, pay him. Right, pay him whatever. If in, in any case, pay him whatever he wants. I just don't want it to get ugly between him and management um speaking of ovi though that's a rumor what's for real is they have this new docuseries on uh sportsnet which is called from alex to ovi and i think i've only watched the first episode and i think they're only like seven to 15 minutes uh but uh, i'll have to catch up if you guys are interested in it check it out it's on sportsnet could be found on the internet i'm sure um probably going to talk a little bit about Ovi uh, as far as you know you look at Ovechkin he started playing hockey at 12 that is incredibly late it's like when I started yeah. playing hockey yeah he's probably just playing soccer and basketball right um, and then you know him and his older brother got into it and just a little bit about the life in Russia I mean he was Ovechkin was definitely sports royalty yeah with his dad being a soccer player and his mom being like head of the Olympic basketball team for women. So, you know, you're, you're fucking legit They're They were legit, but, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about as legit as you get in, in Russia, I'd say. So that, that happened, but it, I, I'm interested to see like how his formidable years came. So obviously as a big Ovechkin fan, I'm going to be watching that. You guys should tune in too. Um, and, you know, the last thing we I want to talk about, though, is Holby. And I know we're running late, 
a little bit on this pod, but where's he going, man? And here's, here's why I brought this up because with all of this going down and me looking at the cap and me looking at cap friendly and all of this stuff and, and knowing how old the caps are, Polly, like they're the oldest, one of the oldest teams in the NHL now, you know that, right? Like, yeah. Barely yeah, I mean, a guy you, under 25. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple of times. And, um, I mean, that that just shows you how uh, how much of a time crunch they are in to, to go for another cup. And, like, how, how has time escaped us this way? It's fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> to be completely honest. But um, where is he going? So possible landing spots for Braden Holpe are – I read an article – and these make sense. Edmonton, San Jose, Carolina, Detroit, and Ottawa. Detroit and Ottawa have like 40 or 35 and 40 respectively in cap space. 35 million and 40 million in cap space left. They're the obvious choices, right? Craig Anderson's 40. He's on his way out in Ottawa. Detroit has never had a goalie um, since probably Chris fucking Osgood. So, yeah. and Jimmy Howard. So, and, and, and at Detroit, that's a, that's an organization who is one on less than stellar goaltending. So having Brayden Holpe, who I think is a top tier goaltender between the pipes is going to be huge for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, those are his two spots to go. If he's looking for, um, a, uh, what, uh, birth call or, Bob Rowski. Uh, Borowski contract. Yeah. Uh, and Detroit would, well, I mean, they're both kind of, they're both on, you know, they're, they're, they're on the up, both of those programs. Well, that's um, because it can't get any worse. True. <laughs> towns, true. So, um, I think, you know, I, I think I had said before that I think San Jose is his landing point because that has been their consistent weak point is in goal. But if I were him, uh, if, if if Edmonton is is willing to give him, you know, nine, I think, you know, he could go as low as nine, eight and a half, and him going to Edmonton, that makes them a very real cup contender. I agree, um, and you know, everybody wants to pump gas up Koskinen and the the goalies that they had in this this year and and they are showing a lot of promise but I, and I I just don't know what that dynamic would look like right because I think that Edmonton had more problems in goaltending and I think their blue line needed shirt up uh, but this would be a good start though it would be quite an expensive start you know and they have guys who are going to need to be paid within five years Edmonton does at least San Jose you know yeah. again. That's an aging team with some young, cheap talent. So, yeah, they could be in it. I do not want to see him go to Carolina. That, that's that been kicked out there because they need – and maybe this playoffs just solidified it a little bit more, but they don't know who their – they have a tandem right now. They don't know who their number one goalie is, right? Yeah. You know, Peter Mrazek's doing great, and then, fuck, I don't even remember the second goalie they have, but they're – they're kind of just two mediocre goalies um, and no one has really ro- risen to the occasion of just stealing a number one spot. 
So I could see where the need's there, but they have less cap space right now available than the caps. Caps are rolling in with about eight and a half to nine in cap space. Now, Holpe's already making like, what, five or six? Ovechkin yeah. gets dealt with at 10. And then we give Boyd a little bit of a bump. And then we let Gudis and Brendan Dillon walk and bring young guys in on the blue line. We can afford, we can afford Holpe. The big factor, though, is that Dillon and Gudis have to be able to walk. Like, we have, we're not dealing them. But they just need to be like gone. They they will not be re-upped. What do you think about that? Um, that situation there. I, I feel like those two guys leaving are a bit of a necessity to getting Braden Holpe in. Um, they could they could do it. They could sign both of them for equivalent deals that they have now, probably for short term, and still squeeze or for a little bit of a raise. And then they'd be just basically like hamstrung. They would have maybe like two or three million dollars left in cap, if that. Maybe a million, dude. If if it meant keeping Holpe, I'd be fine with letting them walk. And here is, and I am too. And the reason that I am, and I know, and but here's the thing: Holpe would have to sign like max seven or eight million a year for probably three to five. Five being pretty long, okay? So, Holpe would have like another three to five year contract at most. But I'm looking at our pipeline and I'm looking at how we've drafted for the past five years and we've drafted defensemen, defensemen, defensemen. Every year it's been a defenseman, it seems, ever since like the Philip Forsberg ordeal. Um, and they're the ones that we've put a lot of stock in into the development. So you have like Alexiev and you have a couple other guys down there in the pipeline that can come up. Uh, the Furvery guy. I mean, we've had, we've had guys who, who at least uh, from what I've read that the AHL is ready to, to boost them and in the NHL. And I like Dylan. I like what Dylan and Gudis have done. I think that we lost on the Gudis trade because we got rid of Matt Niskanen, who's had a mm-hmm. great year. Um, but, and, and I think Dylan's still got a lot. I think both those players are, are going to get picked up somewhere for more money. Absolutely, right? Um, yeah. But every year at trade deadline, McMillan has, has picked up, uh, or I'm not McMillan, uh, McClellan has picked up uh, a defenseman, and we haven't been giving our young guys a true shot uh, until they've absolutely earned it out of camp, right? Right. So, anything? To yeah, add I on mean, that? even like Juice, you know, uh, got rid of him, Christian Juice. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I I would love it if we kept Holpe and brought some guys up through the pipeline. And I think it would make us a little younger, for sure. I, I, it does worry me, man, that we're like one of the oldest teams in the NHL. That's pretty worrisome. Like, when was the last time you saw one of the oldest teams in the NHL win a cup? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you always have to have that, like, 
that standout entry level contract kid or two or three that are doing having an incredible year you know um honestly for us the ones that pushed us over the edge were like Verana and Burakovsky um and then our fourth line like in third line Jay Beagle and you know DSP and uh, you know those are the guys that pushed us over right so right. I don't know uh, it's it's interesting to see, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But that is a scenario, Caps fans, where we could keep everyone that we have now, give everyone a little bit of a raise within this current cap, because it's going to remain flat for the next year, and still keep Braden Holpe if he decides to sign a very team-friendly deal. And when I say team-friendly, I mean maximum $8 million a year, it seems. So... Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Hmm. Well, lucky for us, he had a year like this year and not coming off the cup. So it may be more likely, given his stats, that he would take that deal. And honestly, uh, I would I would love to see him because he's had a shaky year this year. And I think a lot of it, he's a cerebral fucking person. He's, he's probably stressed out about it, man. Yeah. You know? He's... He's a he's been the backbone of the team for his entire career here. Came in like came in in relief and showed his stuff in the playoffs and goddamn was he fucking good and he's he's never been bad really um until like this year and he has had a very mediocre season. But everything before has been great and that netted him a cup. And then he's on his contract year and starts getting in his head, and now he's playing like shit. And I would love to see him stay with Washington and then go out and win a fucking Vesna next year. Obviously. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Right? Like, sick comeback, but, but. All right. We've been droning on long enough. Caps fans, thanks a lot for tuning in. Check us out. On all of our stuff, we have merch, capschirp.whatforapparel.com. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network. If you like the show, do us a favor, rate us, five stars only. Five stars only. And uh, until next time, stay good, enjoy the hockey that's left. Hockey Troll, Poly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.